Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, it's Ethan Skolnick, co-host of the Five Reasons Sports flagship here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You usually get three podcasts a week from us, and we did that this week. You can find our episodes uh, with Dan Levitard also recapping UMLSU and also our episode with Dolphin Safety, Walt Akins. But what we're doing here on the feed is giving you a taste of some of the other podcasts in our network. And today, to celebrate or be frightened of the start of Dolphin season, we're going to give you snippets from two of our podcasts. One of those is Three Yards Per Carry, which is hosted by Chris Kaufman. You know him as CK Parrot, Alfredo Artiega, you know him as Uptown Report, and Simon Clancy, you know him as the British guy. And they have a much more positive view of the Dolphins this season than our guys from Ballscast, you know as Slim, Kevin Mayer, also Chris Joseph, and Adam Smoot. Those guys have been beaten down by the Dolphins. We're going to get to them a little bit later as they interviewed Ryan Yusefi, who goes by Riz McGiz on Twitter. So I know that's a lot of information, but what we're going to do is give you a snippet from Three Yards Per Carry, which is some deep analysis, and then we're going to give you balls cast, which is probably not safe for work. It's interesting because we had this discussion on WhatsApp a few days ago, and I, I think Tennessee are a, a better side than you, you boys are giving them credit for, I've got to say. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going to – you know, you look at some of the names, even just the the, the off-season acquisitions, Dion Lewis, Benny Logan, Kenny Vaccaro, you know, Malcolm Butler, kind of decent, you know, they didn't lose any stars, really. You know, Eric Decker, Carl Klug, Denoris Searcy, Avery Williamson, I suppose, was a decent starting linebacker. But, you know, I, yeah, but you know, they've got a new head coach. Mike Malarkey's gone, and you know, if you're a Tennessee fan, that's got to be a good thing. Matt Lafleur comes in. You know, he was offensive coordinate co- coordinator. Get that word out under Sean McVay last year with the Rams. You know, Dean Pease has come in from Baltimore to run the defense. I mean, Dean Pease is one of the great NFL defensive coordinators, um, and that's a significant co- coaching upgrade for for the Titans. And you know, I look at both sides of the ball, and they've got. They've got good players. Obviously, they're going to go as, as far as Marcus Mariota takes them. This is year three for Mariota now. I mean, you know, he's been more good than bad, I think. And there's, you know, there were times when he flashed like he was going to develop into a franchise quarterback. He's had some injury issues. and But this season is going to be the, the time when you're, when you're going to see him take the next step. You look at the running back position, Deion Lewis, Derek Henry, you know, out wide, Corey Davis. This is year which, four, by the way, for Marcus Mariota. year four, okay. Delaney Walker, you know, Delaney Walker is one of the most underrated players in the potentially in the NFL. You know, they've he's talked about one of the oldest. Yeah, absolutely. But he's still playing. You know, Tom Brady is one of the oldest as well, but he's still playing at a fairly high level. You know, he Corey Davis. In the pocket. Yeah, of course. But you know, come on, Walker's a good player. Um, I know. Yeah, Corey yeah. Davis has had uh, that. He's been their star of you know spring and summer in terms of um, you know performers in, in camp, and it'll be interesting to see how that that defense worse it will Rashawn Evans play Harold Landry's played well in preseason and in camp and then you've still got Wesley Woodard and Brian Arapko and Derek Morgan and Kevin Byard at free safety the, the all pro free safety who led the league in interceptions last year the, really- 
Yeah, absolutely. You've got Logan Ryan. You've got uh, the kid they drafted in the first round last year from USC, the cornerback whose name completely escapes me, but returns kicks as well and came on. Adoree really Jackson. Strong. Yeah, Adoree Jackson. You know, so I, I don't know. I think we under we underrate them at our peril, especially when you look at the, the not only the upgrades they've made in personnel on the field, but notably adding Matt LaFleur and Dean Pease. It'd be interesting to see how Mike Vrabel, is he a head coach really? Did he, you know, did he, if he'd have played for the, you know, Bengals or whatever, rather than coming through at the Patriots, would he potentially have got the chance he got? Was he a really great coach with the Texans or was he, you know, working for excellent defensive coaches? We shall find out fairly soon this season. But, you know, I don't, to me, this is not a banker win for the Dolphins. I think this is a decent side. Now, let me ask you this, Chris. Mm -hmm. The Titans gave up last year to tight ends. 76 catches, 853 yards, and five touchdowns. Is this the spot where Mike Gusecki gets his name known to the NFL fan? Well, it ought to be. They've been sitting on him all preseason long, and I think Gase is even sort of you know coyly given that away like obviously i'm not i'm not showing you a bit of what we have with him in the preseason and he's getting ready to to unleash him i think in, right away in this first game and that's a that's a good opponent to do it against those those some of those um you mentioned also uh but you didn't uh, you didn't bring it up just now but you mentioned before to us when we were talking about the running backs and how much they tended to give up and catches to the running backs and that's another key against this uh this 30 34 defense and the linebackers yeah, the titans the titans for uh for our listeners that don't know what we're talking about the titans last year gave up 6.2 catches to running backs last year yeah, that was and, good enough for the second worst mark in the nfl and wesley woodyard and uh wesley woodyard is not as fast anymore um if he ever was really that fast uh and will compton not exactly um you know burning anybody up so i wonder about those uh those linebackers in coverage I mean Rashawn Evans you can talk about how much we liked Rashawn Evans coming out of college but Rashawn Evans is a rookie and he hasn't played at all because no he's been he's been injured so how much can you really expect out of him in this game Harold Landry I think we all liked him as a pass rusher he's um, out for the game he's out he's out yeah. for the game he's not yeah. playing so uh, it's just going to be it's just going to be um uh, Derek, Derek Morgan, Morgan and Brian Morgan's- Arakpo Morgan's out too. I've just read. Morgan. Oh, Morgan is Morgan is out now. Oh gosh. So yeah. uh, so they're already. I mean, they're hurting already. We're we see that um, the right tackle, uh, Jack Conklin, he practiced today, but um, but they're not sure whether he's going to play or not because this was very experimental, getting him into practice today to see how he handles it and see how how he reacts, how his body reacts the next day. So we'll find out. Uh, a little bit more about that later. Um, but if he's out, then they've got their backup right tackle going against Cameron Wake. Good luck with that. Um, I think that uh, the pass rush is is not there. The pass coverage, I don't like uh, Malcolm Butler. I think that um, you know this will be another opportunity for Jakeem Grant to moss him in the end zone like he did the last time he faced him. Uh, I don't think Malcolm Butler is a good acquisition for them. I don't think very highly of Logan Ryan either. That's um, harsh on Malcolm Butler, by the way. And, well, <laughs> that's life. Um, I don't think very highly of uh, Logan Ryan. I think that having Kenny Vaccaro take over one of the stars. They just signed him like a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. he's going to start. He's going to start next to Bayard. You're asking for trouble there. This is not a team that played well in the preseason, and I know the preseason is the preseason, but there are certain things about the preseason that you actually do pay attention to, like your pass coverage, your pass rush, 
and how well you execute in the passing game on the offensive side of the ball, as well as your special teams. Well, their special teams sucked in the preseason, and uh, their pass their pass rush sucked in the preseason, and their pass coverage was eh, you know you know meh. And um, and on the offensive side of the ball, they weren't executing in the passing game. I know that from a fantasy perspective, we talk about this with fantasy guys, and we're like, nobody know nobody wants to draft any Titans because nobody knows who's going to step up uh, and be a good pass catcher for that team uh, on the wide receivers unit. And is it Rashard Matthews? Is it Corey Davis? Is it you know who is it? And and I think that could be because the answer is. You know, none of them. I think that you're right. Delaney Walker is a weapon. He is a strong player. He's also 34 years old. And so you have to worry about that. And here's what here's the thing that I really worry about. So they get Matt LaFleur, the offensive coordinator of the L.A. Rams. And the L.A. Rams were stupendous last year. Right. They, they had a great offense. So you think that that's a great that's a great fit. And that's a that's a great ad for them. Well, here's the problem, though. Matt LaFleur used 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, and three receivers. He used it 81% of the time with the L.A. Rams last year. That was leading the league, okay? So they were they were foremost in the league in using three wide receivers and using uh, 11 personnel. The Titans were were one of the teams that used 11 personnel the, the littlest amount of time mm-hmm. in the league last year, only 44% of the time. And there was a reason for that. You know, Marcus Mariota are the quarterbacks of the Tennessee Titans altogether through three touchdowns and 13 interceptions out of 11 personnel last year. They had a 57 quarterback rating. They were terrible out of 11 personnel last year. Hmm. Well, now in comes LaFleur, who comes from an offense that is 11 personnel, 81% of the time. That's that's what they do. It's three wide receivers. This is This is how they do it. Um, and already he's using it, you know, near 70% of the time in the preseason. Uh, and they're not using any two running back looks in the preseason so far. And it seems to be something that's coming out of the playbook altogether. They well, used that, you say they that. Used that's, that last that's not year. True. Ten- that's not true in the preseason. I mean, the Green Bay game was they, they threw innumerable amount of screens. Week one, yeah, but preseason. only week two, only literally one play, literally week, one play. They use they two, use two running backs. Two, it was Dalen Dawkins and Brand and uh, and Nick Deluca. Week two was heavy run game, and then passes to the running backs out of the backfield. Yes, but they week used three was, tight end personnel. They didn't week, use two running back. They didn't week, use Nick Deluca. They had Nick Deluca as a fullback last year, and they used deep, actual lead back stuff last year. They didn't do that at was, all this preseason. Week three was deep passes and plenty of play action. Week four was balls to tight ends and receivers in the short and intermediate area. Scores meant nothing, obviously, as they they, they don't do in preseason. But for, for Lafleur, speaking to one of the Titan beat writers earlier in the week on social media, he said to me, it was all about trying to execute and figure out what the players could and couldn't do based off what they'd worked through in the spring and summer. Now they have film of what's worked and what doesn't. They can implement a game plan. And he and he said to me, look, we as writers have no idea what's coming at the weekend. We have no idea what's coming. It could They could run 10 sp- screenplays or they could run no screenplays. It just depends on the flow of the game and where the coaching staff thinks that the Dolphins are weakest. And I just think that you know, I, if we go into this game thinking that we're going to be 81% of what we saw last year with the Rams, I think we're going to get bit on the arse. Um, 
you know, and you make very valid points as always. I just think there's it's just a little bit more nuanced than that because well, I think should... one thing that's being thrown out of the playbook altogether, and I really think I really think they're full. So I don't even know. Do they have do they have a fullback on the roster anymore? Do they have uh, Jal- sure. Jalston Fowler anymore? Um, you know, because because I question whether they're going to be using that at all. I think it's all going to be uh, three wide receiver, eleven per, uh, you know, like twelve personnel, like Miami does. A lot like Miami's offense. Their projected really. uh, Miami's chart, offenses. Their projected no, depth chart has three running backs act for the game. Yeah, David Fuller, yeah. Derek Henry, and Lewis. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm they're they're throwing that out of the playbook. And what I'm saying is, last year they were a nine and seven team last year, so they were pretty good, right? They had they had some good things going for them. And on offense, one of the things that they had going for them that worked out was they did use, you know, some some more of that um, 13 personnel and some more of that 21 personnel and uh, and things like that. And, you know, the quarterbacks had 114 passer rating out of 21 personnel last year. Just quickly explain uh, and, to the and that's being tossed out of the playbook. Explain quickly to the listeners who don't uh, who aren't as ingrained in football culture as uh, as some what the difference is between 11, 12, 21 sure. personnel in terms of just so people sure. know first, exactly what we're talking about. The first digit stands for how many running backs are on the field. That includes fullbacks. Uh, and the second digit stands for how many tight ends are on the field. So when I say 21 personnel, I mean two running backs and one tight end, which is a more classic, if you think back to the 90s uh, offense, uh, there will be two wide receivers on the field and uh, two running backs, one of them probably being a fullback. And uh, and then a tight end. So they used that um, over 80 times last year. The quarterbacks had a 114 passer rating out of it. Um, they used the 12 personnel, which is one running back and two tight ends, a, f- a very healthy amount of time last year as well. And again, uh, 108 passer rating from their quarterbacks out of out of that personnel. But in steps an offensive coordinator whose history and experience with L.A suggests that he's going to go with a lot of 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, which is what we've been dealing with in Miami under Adam Gase for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite as much as L.A. did, but uh, but very, very often. And I'm just saying their quarterbacks last year were terrible out of that personnel group. They were 57 quarterback or 57 passer rating, three touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Uh, Not a very high success rate. We hope you enjoyed that from three yards per carry and be sure to check them out twice a week during dolphin season, every Tuesday and Thursday, they'll be breaking down every dolphin game and looking ahead to the next one. Before we get to our snippet from Ballscast, I want to let you know that this mini episode is sponsored by BetDSI, one of the sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. If you haven't gone to BetDSI.com yet, you are missing out on a great time and you're missing out on a great promotion. So here's how this works. You will get your money matched up to $2,500 if you use one of these two codes. And here's how I would decide it. Whichever snippet you like better, use that code. So you can either use YARDS101, that's Y-A-R-D-S 101, or BALL101, B-A-L-L 101. So after the episode, before the Dolphins play today, tell everybody that you think they're wrong about what they think about the Dolphins and do it with your money. So go to BetDSI.com and put in either YARDS101. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. 
At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ball 101, or if you're just like me, put in Reason 101. And now, Balls Cast. Miami has the Dolphins, a mediocre football team. They keep on getting quarterbacks that couldn't score in a dream. They're in the air, ball goes nowhere. It's time for a field goal kick. Another 8-8 season, I think I'm going to be sick. Miami has possession, let's try to run the ball. It's third and ten, let's run it again. Hey, what a great freaking call. Let's punt it deep and faith will keep our kicking games a key. Maybe they'll fumble offense, we'll stumble and we'll kick another three. We've got a solid pass rush, but never get a sack. And when we get a takeaway, we turn around and give it right back. We cannot beat the Patriots and lose to the Jets and Bills. They tease us with a playoff berth and miss and break our will. Yes, they're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. They haven't won in oh so long. Yes, they're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Rooting for them is no more fun. Hey, welcome back to the Balls Cast. It's the Balls Cast Dolphins Preview Week episode. We're part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That's right. And I'm Chris Joseph, and joining me as always is Slim. Hey, guys. We have some hey. pizza here, and I'm going to be eating it for the entire goddamn episode. That's right. It's he, delicious he, Steve's he. Pizza. They're not a sponsor, but they very well damn should be. They should be. And I want to put a Balls Cast sticker up in that bitch. And you will. Uh-huh. Hey, so the Dolphins are starting this week. Are you excited? Um, I've got like a nervous energy about it. Like, yeah, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm like, I'm afraid that it's just gonna be torturous. Oh, you know what again. I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to go in with like low expectations, and uh, you know, right. we'll see how that works out. All right, I'm still indifferent, but I'll be watching on Sunday and seeing what we've got. Seeing if Tannehill's got it. Or not, and uh, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk to Ryan Yusefi, Riz Majiz. Riz Majizgiz uh, is our guest this week, and yeah. we're talking about dolphins and seeing what he thinks. He's got some good nuggets for us. See if he's uh, enthusiastic about the, the fins as as much as our brethren, the three yards per carry are. They seem to be very excited about the dolphins this year. Yeah, I hope they're right. But if not, we're going to war with them. Oh, definitely. We'll, Off with we'll, the heads. We'll be definitely be taking them on. Uh, so. Yeah, Dolphins Week football. What's on the docket here today? I got pizza on the microphone. Come on, man. Sorry. Professional operation here. Uh, we wanted to talk about the, the fucking dolphin season that's <laughs> fucking starting dolphins. in uh, two days. Well, you came to the right place. Because I, yeah, man. Because I am the dolphin expert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been, doing, I've been going through the depth chart and, you know. I know at least five players on the defense. So that's why you're the man we call. <laughs> you finally got to me. Yes, I wrote. What did I write about? Uh, something. You were a survival guide. Oh, I did write that. Yes. You not familiar with it? I, I did write that. Should I ask you something else? You're. <laughs> what did I write? Ask me about something someone else wrote. No. Yeah. Oh. No, I yes, I wrote did that. write that. I threw down a couple, you know, ways to get through a dolphin season because I feel like at this point it hasn't even started yet, and we're all kind of already 
over it. I don't know. This season feels different. I feel I feel like I'm already dreading football season. Isn't it fucking weird this time? They got rid of all the stars and they're trying to sell us just the same old shit. It's the same shit sandwich, but just different numbers. And it's just it doesn't feel it feels like the backups are playing and they're going into the season with I don't know. Everybody's fast now, which is weird. Dolphins never had fast guys. Now they've got right. now they've got a bunch of fast guys, but nobody that's particularly good at football, proven at least. You know, so super. So that, some people are excited, like the art the the, uh, the Dolphins podcast on Five Reasons, three yards per carry mm. with CK Parrot, Chris Kaufman, and Alfredo Artiaga, Uptown Report, and uh, Simon Clancy. Mm-hmm. He uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne. And, God, uh, God everyone has an alias. God bless those guys, man. I mean, if I went out to practices and stuff and invested in the team, you know, I, back in the day when I used to go out to Davie and sit there in the training camp, every year I thought we were going to the damn Super Bowl. And, and <laughs> here we are. I'm turning 39 years old soon, and I've never seen <laughs> anywhere anything close to a Super Bowl victory. Or- but is there is there uh, an enthusiasm justified, you think, this year? Because they're really fucking high on the Dolphins it seems, more than they should be. It seems like the uh, inside baseball crowd is high on some things the Dolphins are doing. Those of us that uh, don't have a pro football focus sub- subscription and all that right. stuff, I just I'm sure there's stats that say this and that. The Dolphins have catered their their offseason acquisitions prove that they're going to do this and that. They never do it. it. They just I looked at their schedule, it didn't look so hard. I'm, I just mm-hmm. you know it's at this point it's one of those. I don't know what to tell you. I, I used to so wishy washy. Jesus, I don't know what to tell you. Every year I come into the season and I'm, I'm like, I think they're going to suck or they're going to be great. This year I have no idea. It's it's one of those. Tannehill hasn't played since like December or September of 2016. What, yeah. Right. What were Donald Trump wasn't even president then. I mean, mm. look, it feels like ten years ago. So, how, what do we know? Maybe he can fucking. Maybe when he starts playing, Donald Trump gets the fucking boot. Maybe he dies. Maybe he dies. If he dies, he dies. Yeah. But I respect those guys' opinions, though. Those uh, those guys on that podcast over there, you guys have for what is it? Yeah, Three they're fucking brilliant. Three yards per carry. Yeah. They're they, awesome. They, they're really good. They do much more homework than any of us do, and <clears> especially CK Parrot. He's he's right on a lot of shit all the time. So yeah. when I see him say something, I actually invest in it and believe in it. Same here. But, and like when I was before the preseason started. I was like all jacked up about this season thinking like, I think they're going to be pretty fucking good. I don't know why everyone is like shitting all over them. It's so weird. All the national media has got them as like the worst team in football. It's it's pretty crazy that they're like, that was shocking as well. That's another thing that makes you not know what to think because usually it's Dolphin fans that are like, we're going to suck. Now we have to defend ourselves because people think we're going to be the worst team in football. We're like, no, we're not. We're going to be 16th. We're going to be mediocre. Have you not mm. been watching us play? We are the 16th worst football team. So this is a podcast about talking about another podcast. What is their biggest like point as to why the Dolphins will be good this year? Is it speed? It seems to be. I think, yeah, I think the, like, the defensive versatility, like that, that they have those linebackers now that are really fast and Minka Fitzpatrick and like they can do, they can play like nickel defense as their base and they can move safeties around and shit. And um, and then like that they have Ryan Tannehill 
uh, who, <laughs> when he has, who, when he has time to throw the ball, has actually been one of the better quarterbacks. Like you know, uh, not just like a fourth tier quarterback or whatever. And the offensive linemen that they added this year, Sitton and Kilgore, the center and the left guard. I don't know if it's respectively or not. I don't know which one is which. Um, uh, they are supposed to be really good, you know, according to the fucking PFF stats uh, at pass blocking. And so if you, you'd think, you know, if, if Tannehill's got time to throw the ball, that he could be pretty effective. Tannehill. They really like Tannehill. They really like Yeah. I don't. I, I don't hate Tannehill Ryan Tannehill there. at all. I don't think many. I don't know. There's there's a select few, you know, Dolphin fans that of course that hate him. But I just don't. I don't. I don't love him. And I feel like it's been enough time. Every right. year. Every mm-hmm. year. I don't know how many years I've written an article about this is the year Tannehill's got a. <laughs> it's a sh- crazy. Yeah, and it's not just me. It's everybody. Expert. It started year three, and now we're at year six. So three, <laughs> four, five, the six. Same shit. Four times when do- people have had to write. This is the year that Ryan Tannehill needs to either, you know, show us what he's made of or else. When they drafted him, the big three, like, hadn't even won a title yet. Is that, is that, it feels like that's around the same time, right? Two thousand, right. 2011, like. Jeff Ireland was still with us. Good Lord. Oh, yeah, that was the Jeff Ireland. <laughs> that was, he's sort of his guy. Was it? Yeah. Was it Jeff Ireland? Yeah. It was when he was sort of demoted, but he was oh. still on the team. Like, he was half-fired. And then, so he became like co-GM with some other dude, and then they both. I remember, <laughs> I remember because they were like they did the white guy high five after they they drafted Tannehill. You're thinking of Dennis Hickey, right? <laughs> Probably Hickey, but so, it, I oh. definitely was Ireland because I was angry at the half-ass firing that they did. Like they didn't just fire him all the way. Just, You're kind of fired. You can stick around. I don't remember that. And then they traded up for Tannehill and they got him. And I clearly remember the the white guy high five. Like they got away <laughs> with something by drafting this. All world they quarterback. Up for Tannehill? I, yeah, I think no, so. I think you're making. Th- I think. Or th- they were happy he, he dropped down, but it was one of those. But I think they they traded up. I think either they way up. they they did the high five. They did the high five. You, you know for sure they did the <laughs> yes, high five. Definitely. That's what you remember. It was the the white guy high five. Very super awkward. Super pumped. When was the <clears throat> Dion Jordan pick? Was that oh, before or that after, after Tannehill? That was, was after Tannehill. No, that was okay. that was Ireland's last. That was his last. Right. He's like, I'm going for this shit. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to Ireland this shit like I've never Ireland before. <laughs> he was like, and then, screw the future. I'm taking Yeah, last, last one. Fuck you. Last fuck you to all of us. And then he was gone. And we were all excited. I wasn't. You weren't? No, oh, that's right. Everything yeah. that guy touched was shit. Yeah. Uh, kind of warn everybody. In the moment, I was excited. I was like, they finally went and got somebody. But then I, <laughs> looking back, that was pretty stupid. <laughs> in retrospect, in retrospect, an Oregon defensive end, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the third pick, and then he traded second as well. It just didn't, yeah. Didn't. Also, like, how do you go from being the guy who asks Des Bryant if his mother's a whore to like not being able to figure out that Deion Jordan just like straight does not have any of his shit together? Yeah, <laughs> sleepy ass Deion Jordan sitting there, just like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, draft me. He, he was. He was. Didn't he have some story where he's like his childhood was all messed up? And I don't know. I feel like they didn't do their homework on him. Well, who's 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 a player you're excited about? Is there a player outside uh, of Tanny Hill? Other than Kenyon, yeah. Okay, because he's very. You know, every year there's an undolphinsy player. Sure. I think Landry was very undolphinsy until he was until they huge corrupted him into you know three yard plays that were 
Our, right, to falling well, short of the first down. We always fucking run our best wide receivers out of town. Yeah. I don't understand it. <laughs> it's so weird. Brandon Marshall. He sucks. <laughs> fucking Mike Wallace. He sucks. Jarvis Landry. He sucks. And if they get rid of Kenny Stills, I'm going to be very upset. I don't think they're going to, him. man. I think they like him a lot. I like his politics. Th- yeah, he might. Yeah, big time. What does he do, though? What is he, he? He can't. He should look around. He should probably take a discount here, huh? Because if he goes as a free agent, what's he going to do? He's a deep threat, he, no? He actually he signed like a long-term deal last mm. offseason, I think. Is he for a couple more years at least? I knew, I knew that he signed. I thought it was two years ago, maybe a year ago. But yeah, I think it, yeah, we, like he locked in when he was doing that. Yeah, he said, "Oh, I know. Yeah. I see what's going on here. I'm locking in because right, you don't want to be a free agent." I see what's going on here. We're, we're going to win soon, so I'm locking in now. <laughs> Betting on the the team to be good. Care <laughs> to comment? Yeah, like a million times more handsome than Dwayne Wade. All right, what the hell? And Dwayne Wade is very handsome. He's uh, yeah, he's extremely handsome. Westa, if your listeners do not know about that, the fun little fact about for Dolphin fans is that they. Back in the day when they moved from the Orange Bowl to now Hard Rock, they found Indian bones while they were uh, building, and they decided, oh, what do we do now? We either stop or we sift through, get every bone, and continue. And they picked the latter. They they got rid of all the bones. The Cuesta Indians are actually the first Indians that were here before the Seminole tribe. Uh, mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, they, they, Miami is named after one of their terms, which is sweet water, I guess is what I found out while writing that article. And They are cursed because they are built, the stadium is built on Indian burial ground. And uh, I broke that story a couple of years ago. And there's, that's pretty much the end of that. So all these people talking about what's on the field, and none of that matters. It's, it's over. It's a poltergeist. You don't, you don't build a stadium on Indian burial ground and do nothing. That's a good movie. Yes. So that's that's where we're at. Then we're just cursed. Never going to win a championship at Joe, at Joe Robbie's. As stadium. long as we're in that stadium. Yeah, there was a lady that called like old school five sixty and told them. What? I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I'll you can read uh-huh. the article I wrote a couple years ago. But there's all these things going back that it's just no wonder that the Dolphins haven't won a damn thing since they moved from the Orange Bowl. <laughs> I'm stumped. Being two Rocky movies. Oh, what? Yeah. What the? That's, oh, my we could do, God. We, that's just wrong. We could do a whole podcast on movies that Riz hasn't seen. Oh, that's right. <sighs> it's, it's offensive to people. I've never seen a Star Wars movie. I am offended. I've never, I've never oh seen God. Godfather. Jesus. Yeah. Never seen Space Jam, all that shit. So. <laughs> Space Jam. Woo. Threw that, that in there with the Godfather. <laughs> All right. I've never seen Star Wars, never seen Godfather, or The Godfather, or Casablanca, or Space, Space Jam. Jam. I have re- that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, they're all pretty much the same level. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.